Oh, hey, look who's recording twice in one week. That's right, it's me, <laughs> Samantha. I got a 42-minute drive, unpredicted. I thought I was only 30 minutes away. Turns out I was 47. Whoops. I still don't have a great handle on where things are, especially if you're in this area, don't lie. But raise your hand if you know which one's closer, Troy or Tip City. I always get them mixed up. I think I must be going to the one that's farther away because I was thinking that the one I'm going to, Troy, was closer, but obviously not. It's almost 50 minutes away. It's almost an hour away. So yeah, I got a 40-something minute drive. I thought I'd go ahead and lay down another episode here because I had all these backlog of topics from this stupid app not doing what it's supposed to do thankfully my most recent episode posted no problem you saw what I did I got real nervous that if I even took the time to write a description it wasn't going to post so I literally titled it and saved it and posted it immediately as soon as I finished listening to it I put it on there I didn't play around I didn't wait so it did go on I hope you had a chance to listen if not it's fine it's okay (laughs) When I have people approach me in public that are like, oh my gosh, I've been listening to your podcast. I listened to the six episodes in a row. I'm like, you probably shouldn't do that. You you know what? Take regular breaks. Like, spread it out. Because it's going to, it's going to, it's going to be too much for you. (laughs) Or I have this other friend who come, he said he comes home and he's like, oh, Samantha's here. Nope. Just kidding. It's just his wife playing my podcast on her on speaker on her phone. <laughs> uh, my voice is in your home. Sorry, sorry to any of the husbands who uh, think I'm visiting and 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 get nervous, and then I'm not actually there, and then you're probably happy because my kids are wild, and they'll you know how it goes. They'll tear your house down. Uh, so I'm driving, but I'll tell you what. I got to tell you about my day yesterday. I'm driving with all my senses at full alert, 100% attention. I told my sitter, I think my ex-husband might have a voodoo doll that he's like trying to get me killed or something. I don't know what's going on. Yesterday morning, on my way to the sitter, there, we have this awful intersection in our town where it's a, it's a, a two-way stop coming from the one direction like I know if it's east or west I don't and then the other the cross street is uh you know a straight shot country road you can see for a mile both ways and it's like a 50 50 you know most people are driving at least 80 miles an hour but you know I'm usually going between 50 and 60 and so the people with the stop sign have the added bonus of (coughs) some type of agricultural field in all four you know surrounding corners so it's 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 awful it's a difficult intersection there's been wrecks there before I don't know why I don't know what they could do I guess make it a four-way stop but it's not like I mean we get it's a small town I mean it'd be it'd be kind of ridiculous if they did but I don't know what the solution is drop the speed limit maybe I don't know but anyway I came through that intersection almost ended up in the cornfield because this lady it's an honest mistake it's hard to see 
she's in a minivan she pulls out in front of me at the intersection i gotta swerve slam my brakes honk my horn the whole deal thankfully she stopped before she got in my lane or she was in my lane but i was able to swerve around her carried on with my day we're good to go then i'm coming home from work down another major well it's a, like a state highway but it you know i'm coming through a town so i'm thankfully only going about 35 miles an hour i think is the speed limit there and there's a sidewalk because i'm into the town at this point and this girl i'm assuming a high schooler she looked like high schooler maybe first year college or something she had a college little college drawstring backpack on i see her riding her bike on the sidewalk and you know just in looking around in my surroundings i see her all of a sudden she does a hard jerk to the left and she's in front of me and thank the lord i was paying attention i always am but i don't know maybe from my morning experience i was kind of hyper vigilant but i was a i again slammed my brakes honked my horn swerved hard to the left and i thought i hit her i mean i really did think that i hit her I saw I couldn't see her it was off like I looked in my rear view mirror when I got past her I couldn't see her I thought oh my god I've killed this girl I pulled into a um, little car repair place these jokers this was the funniest part it's not funny none of it's funny but this is funny these jokers come out of this car repair place looking at me like literally the guy was boring holes through my head he was staring at me so hard looking at me like I did something wrong the whole time that I'm getting out and walking to this girl and finally I realized that she's she has wrecked her bike but I did not hit her I mean she's getting up so she's alive <laughs> thank god oh my gosh uh but this guy yeah, this joker's staring at me like I did something wrong and I finally I said look dude I didn't hit her she pulled out her bike in front of me he said oh okay I'm just coming out because I heard her scream I was like man way to jump to conclusions before you even fully assess the situation dag on turns out they all know this little girl because apparently she rides her bike up and down this road all day every day i say little girl like i said i think she was probably either high school late high school maybe first year college or getting ready to be in college or something but so i get to her she has smacked her head on the pavement it's all red and scraped up she's got a little scrape on her arm she's real embarrassed and kind of quiet and timid you could tell she's embarrassed and all these people are hovering around her people are out on their porch looking at her across the street and i'm telling her like are you kidding me anyway so i told her i said uh because she kept saying i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine and i said look honey I don't I know I'm a stranger and like I don't expect for you to tell me like I, I know you're embarrassed and but don't apologize like it's fine I'm glad I'm just so thankful that I didn't hit you and you, you might have a little bit of adrenaline going right now and in reality you might be pretty hurt your head is kind of like busted <laughs> I don't think she realized but bless her heart she got on her bike and she rode off she kept saying she had to get to the library she had to get to the library so uh I called I called over to the library because I was worried about her and uh, let me turn this thing down let me turn this up down here I called over to the library because I was worried about her and I told him and he, he, here's another here's another judgmental joker this lady says at the library she says 
you probably should have called the police. And I said, uh, she took off. Who was like, what was I going to do? What, and what's the police going to do anyway? If anything, she needs an EMT. She don't need no police. Gosh. I said, and look, I didn't hit her. Why would I call the police? I didn't hit her. She wrecked her bike. Man, people are rude. Uh, so I told them. They knew her. The librarian knew her. So she must come in there pretty regularly. And uh, they were going to keep a lookout on her. I told them. I said, she might come in there and pass out or have a seizure or something. You might want to keep an eye on her. <laughs> she might need help. I don't know. Hopefully she's okay. I feel bad. It was awful. I felt I didn't feel bad because I didn't hit her. I mean, I didn't feel bad like because I did something wrong. Basically, what I'm saying. I felt bad because she was hurt, and anyway, it had my blood pump and it had my my adrenaline going because it was awful. Poor thing. So yeah, that was yesterday. All in one day, I almost got killed and killed someone else in very close calls both times. So today, I'm not I'm not taking any chances. To be honest, I'm gonna probably cut my day short because the less driving I do, I figure at this point, I got some weird voodoo against me right now. I'm trying to not not attempt uh, my fate here and and get myself in a mess. I don't know. Weird weird for both of those things to happen in the same day i hate driving i've said it before if i ever became a millionaire the very first thing i would do was hire it would be hire a driver i'd hire a driver and i would never drive again i hate it so much it's all i do all day it's my job that's literally what i do for my job all day yesterday i got to the end of the day and i had less than three thousand steps how pathetic is that you know why because I sit on my tail in my car all day long and then the only walking that I do is the 15 steps up to the door of my patient's house and then I go in their house and I sit down and then I when I leave I do the other half of the 15 steps <laughs> to go back to my van and then I sit some more and normally I might have had a little bit more steps in the evening but we uh I just could not be home last night. I was, this is how bad it was. I was so jittery and just my anxiety was through the roof from those six situations. I was like, which doesn't make sense. I should have just sat on my couch and not moved to keep from killing somebody. But, uh, I was so anxiety ridden that I was like, I got to get out of this house. Come on kids. We're not staying home. Both kids needed shoes for school. So we went on and, uh, we went eight at five guys Man, have y'all ever eaten Five Guys? Okay, let me give you a review here. Number one, their food is bomb. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna discount their food. Their burgers are bomb. Their fries are double bomb. So good. They kind of remind me of uh, Penn Station. They cut them from real potatoes, like right there in the restaurant. They're good. Their food is good. Number two, if you're a fatty like me and try to keep the carbs at bay, they will do a lettuce, like an iceberg lettuce wrapped sandwich. And it's like fresh, not like soggy, like Wendy's will try to give you some soggy three-day-old lettuce that's real limp and gross. No, this is like fresh, crisp, really good lettuce wrapped up around your greasy, fatty burger. <laughs> 
so contradictory, but, uh, so that's good. It's really good. That's what I always get. And then, but here's the, here's the negative. Oh my gosh. It is expensive. Why? I guess cause it's all like, suppose like fresh and cooked right there. And it is, you get your food. It's fresh. You get your fries. They just made them. It is, it's good. I guess that's what you're paying for, but man, some of these restaurants, I don't know. I paid $40 for me and four kids. I guess that's not bad. I don't know. I don't know. I told my son, he was shocked too. My oldest son, he said, are you kidding me? $40? And I said, you know what though? I'd rather pay $40 and like, it's guaranteed. I know it's going to be good and everybody's going to like it and everybody's going to be, you know, eat everything and love it. than pay $40 and it's crap and nobody wants to eat it because it's so crap. I don't know. Some of these restaurants, food is just consistently crap and then you end up paying a lot of money for nothing. So that's it. That's five guys. If you've never been there, give it a shot. But plan on, like, taking out a small loan <coughs> to cover the cost. Then we went on to Kohl's and uh, got some shoes. Well, Charlie picked out a pair of shoes, and they didn't have his size. This child, oh, my gosh. Does anybody else have a teen, almost teen or 12, 13-year-old boy and trying to figure out how the heck they're growing as much as they are? I just bought him running shoes less a month ago, around a month ago, in an eight and a half, which was crazy enough as it was because I had just got him tennis shoes at the end of last year, like in November, December, in a size seven. So here he he's grown a size and a half in like six months. Well, then yesterday we're looking for shoes. He picks out a pair that he likes. Now, I mean, granted, they're a different brand, so I know that sizing can be different across brands, but he tried on the eight and a half, too small. He tries on the nine, still too small. This child has jumped a whole size shoes in a month. You know what? I'm not going to lie. I didn't even ask him if his running shoes were tight because I paid $120 for those things and I'm not buying another pair. I don't care. I don't care if your toes break in the ends of them. I'm not buying you another pair of running shoes. He runs cross country. Uh, don't try to figure it out because it's weird. Running, running sport. Uh, I don't know. He likes it. He's, he's kind of good at it. He's on I guess. I don't know. But yeah, he runs cross, cross country. These shoes were expensive. I'm not buying any more. I'm done. Like, I don't care if your toes bend in half in the end of them. You've grown a whole shoe size. You're a freak. I'm not buying you more shoes. So, anyway, they didn't have the nine and a half in the store. So, I had to order it on Amazon. Hey, always do this. Always do this. If you have Amazon Prime. And I'd say if you're making a purchase uh, over $50. Maybe even over $25. Maybe even any purchase. If you're making a purchase in a store, always check Amazon before you, before you buy it because it was cheaper. They were cheaper on Amazon, only by like eight bucks, but still, they didn't have them in the store. He wanted me to order them because they have those kiosks or those things in Kohl's where you can scan it and then order it right there in the store from Kohl's online. And I was like, well, let me check Amazon. <laughs> 
sure enough, $8 cheaper will be delivered to my door in two days. Thank you very much. Clara, of course, picked out my seven-year-old, almost eight-year-old. She, of course, picked out the most gaudy, flashy. They're cute. I like them. Uh, she might be look crazy, but she picked out two pair of high-top Converse, which I can I can get on board with, and I like them. And then, of course, they're not like black and white. Duh, no. The one pair is full on. They're actually called uh, Converse Unicorn because they're covered in unicorns. And then the other pair is like black and they are black, but they got all kinds of colors and sparkles on them. So she got those. She likes them. She's excited. I'm almost done school shopping when it comes to, oh, I ordered Charlie three pairs of jeans last night. Got a pretty good deal only paid like 18 bucks a pair for jeans from Hollister which if you know is like out outrageously and confusingly expensive <laughs> like unjustifiable how expensive it is but I got a I got a deal I got a sale and then I got another sale and so they were only $18 a pair which is good which is good for men, basically men's jeans. He's wearing men's jeans right now. So, got those. He'll be set on jeans. He's set on shorts. I already got a good deal on shorts a while back. So, yeah, we're wrapping up school shopping when it comes to clothes and shorts and shoes and all that crap. But we got, still got to get supplies. Which I also, heads up, just an idea if you want to want to consider it. I also order everything from Amazon for school shopping. And here's the thing. Typically, you're going to be ordering in bulk because it is going to be cheaper to order giant portions of glue sticks than it is going to be to order the two that your your teacher asked for. But here's a couple of things. Number one, about December-ish, January-ish, your kid's going to come home crying because, you know, Megan or whatever their names are anymore, Rain, That's that was a girl in Clara's class last year, Rain... <laughs> broke all her crayons on accident like stepped on her bag or something or her glue stick top broke off and she's got to have it for a project that they're doing that they're doing tomorrow and it's a big deal you want to be mom of the year look have a stockpile of school supplies and be like hey it's no big deal look i've got 600 glue sticks take a, you know what take two take two of them to school share one with rain how about that you know what what Rain doesn't have any uh, nice crowns. You know what? Here, take a box to her. Take a box to her. Be a good friend. That's what I do. I keep a big stockpile of school supplies, and it it come, not only does it like help the kids to know that they can replenish their stuff through the year. That's number one. Number two, your kid's teacher is guaranteed to send home. It's going to look different for different teachers. Some teachers will send home like at Christmas time or teacher appreciation week. They got to take advantage of these opportunities. And I don't blame them. They're going to send home uh, like a wish list or uh, like we're out of tissues. Can you send some in? <clears throat> I also order all that stuff from Amazon. Uh, your kids are gross. We need more Clorox wipes. Like, they're going to send home something like that. Uh, and so, 
you're going to be the hero in your kid's classroom on top of at home because you're going to have a stockpile of those supplies because you ordered in bulk from Amazon at the get-go and then you're going to be able to send them in the very next day. So it's a win-win. The other thing is, number three, I love teachers, but I need them to lay off the projects. I can't. I hate <laughs> I hate these art projects and craft projects at home. The one year was the worst for my son, and I am not going to lie to you. I ended up doing the majority of the actual craft part because here's the thing. I see no benefit or no learning experience in my son cutting and gluing a bunch of pictures of John Glenn to a pizza box. I see no benefit for him in that. So he did the report. He typed it out. He handed it to me and I did the full uh, creative part of it. No shame. No shame at all. Because you know why? It's stressful for him and it's stressful for me. And so it's just easier for me to do. I, it's awful. Maybe it's awful. Maybe you're judging me. I don't care. I hate I hate those school projects. I hate them. Clara had to do a diorama last year of Charlotte's Web. Yeah, I did most of it. Okay. All right. Whatever. I don't care. She is more creative than Charlie ever has been. So she does okay in picking up stuff like that. I'm a control freak and a perfectionist. So when it comes to my kids, like doing stuff right, I want it to be right. And so I ended up, basically I ended up doing it. <laughs> Maybe they'll hate me for it down the road. I don't know, but you know what? They got A's. So whatever. But yeah, so then you always have supplies for projects like that because they're going to have them. They're going to have like, uh, color this giant poster size map of the United States and memorize all the states type projects and you're going to need to have crayons on hand. So there you go. <clears throat> the other thing is if you have a lot of kids like I do, it's awful to go anywhere. And so to be able to sit down at night after they go to bed with a school supply list and just search and add, search and add, search and add to your book, to your, you know, checkout box and then, uh, and then check out, and then in two days, a giant box comes to your door, school supplies, done. And then you just have the kids, put everything in their backpacks, put their little names on it, and then you're done. It's, it's so simple. I don't know why more people don't do it that way. I don't like to ever go into a store. I didn't even want to go to a store last night to go shoe shopping, but I kind of like, I do kind of let my kids pick out their shoes at least. Um... So that's that. Uh, all right. I think I'm going to go. I had a giant belch. I probably should have done it on the recording. <laughs> that would have been funny, but I'm trying to keep it classy. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get into the topic. So I only have 17 more minutes of driving and I want to, I want to wrap this up before I get there. All right. So here's the story. This might feel like I'm going in a certain direction, but I'm not. Let me preface this by saying I am not a feminist. I do not claim that title. I'm not a feminist. However, I have some feelings about some things that I've experienced over the past couple of weeks when it comes to uh, e women's equality. So sorry if you're a man listening, but I think men should be aware of this because I think that 
men don't like men see women fighting for equal pay and they're like come on you want equal pay do equal work and I feel that way too to be honest like don't you can't expect equal pay if you're not willing to get up on a roof and work for 15 hours a day that's fair um so yeah I, I feel that way but what I'm talking about is I just want to maybe educate and give you just uh, some experiences that I've had over the past couple weeks um, and then tell you kind of how I feel about it and what maybe our response, if you're not a feminist, I mean, if you're a feminist and you want to march and you want to hold a sign and you want to sign petitions, then do all of that. That's not me, but here's been my response. I'll get to my response and, um, or what I've done, what I've been doing and what I plan to continue to do in response. All right. So when I chose the field of social work, I think I've talked about this before. Here's how it went down. Since like second grade, I said I was going to be a doctor. I said I was going to be a pediatrician. And then in high school, I really felt like God was calling me to full-time ministry. Uh, I still believe that. I know that was true. And uh, missions, like international missions is what I thought. And I prayed and prayed. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to be like Doctors Without Borders. I'm going to be a physician in another country and whatever. (laughs) And so in high school, I was like, I got to take all the science classes. I got to take all the math classes. And I did. And I did well. I I graduated with like a 3.9. I did great. I did really good in all of them. Here's here's a heads up though. High school is not college or anywhere close to college. I don't want to dog my school, but they did score like the lowest possible rating on uh, college preparation for their graduating seniors. I'd have to agree with that because I was not prepared. Oh my goodness. So I start out in college, pre-med, super confident, ready to go. Turns out, like I just mentioned, high school math is nowhere similar to college uh, entry level chemistry math. I went into that chemistry class, that man started talking and I was like, are you speaking English? Because I don't know what you're saying. I honestly do not understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. I don't understand how to do any of this math. My brain has stopped. I've, I've met my, I've reached my peak of ability when it comes to math. I ended up withdrawing out of the class completely because I was failing it so bad and, and, and quickly realized that I might be able to do high school math, but that's my peak. Like, I'm not, and if you have to be able to do this kind of, turns out, I didn't know this, but if you have to be able to do this kind of math to be a doctor, it's not for me. <laughs> it's, turns out my uh, dreams of being a doctor, uh, not happening. So then I thought, well, I still want to really help people. I love kids. What are some other options? My roommate and another friend of mine that I had met were both, uh, no, no, no. My other friend was doing psychology. Bless her heart. Uh, but my roommate, she was in education and I thought, okay, I might be able to be a teacher. I like kids. I want to work with kids. I want to help people like maybe an inner city type setup or maybe an international teacher type setup. So I went into education. I switched my degree to education. First of all, I'm not a teacher. I'd get fired from a school quick. 
Uh, second of all, the idea of doing everything the same way, you know, obviously the kids are going to be different, but doing the same thing every day, all day, for year after year after year, had my skin itching, had me coming out of my skin. I couldn't do it. So... And then I did, I, I didn't ever change my major to nursing. I did consider nursing for a minute, but then I also kind of had the same feeling of like, I think there's probably going to be some hard math and I've already kind of figured out that I can't do that. <laughs> so I literally went back to my dorm room. This was when the, uh, you know, the classifieds were in the paper. I go through the classifieds and I'm like, whatever jobs are in these classified, whatever job postings are in this paper that I can get, which with a bachelor's degree, because I knew that I needed to start working right away. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to stay and do a master's and a doctorate and blah, blah, blah. Whatever I can do right away, that's the, that's the degree that I'm going to choose. And it just happened that there were a lot of social work jobs posted. Now, when you're 17, 18 years old, you don't have any idea about what's a good yearly salary or what's a good hourly salary. I had no clue. I didn't really care. I just knew that anything was more than what I was making at that point, which was obviously zero. So I, uh, I saw a lot of social work jobs posted. I immediately contacted the social work department and set up a, a appointment with their advisor and quickly switched my degree to social work. And that's what I stuck with. And that was it. Okay, so it turns out social work is one of the lowest paying <laughs> careers out there. Hey, just in case you didn't know and you're considering it. Yeah, you don't make any money. Um, and that's okay. You know, that's not what I went into it for. That's not what, that wasn't my goal. But here's what I want to talk about. <clears throat> my son, I talked about, I mentioned this, I think he's 12. He is starting uh, his first college class in about a month, less than a month. And so we went and we met with a college advisor at the community college that he's going to be doing his, you know, his college class at, college classes. And she showed us on their website how they have this really neat feature where you can type in any career... It's really cool. It shows, you know, you can type in, for example, he wants to be an engineer, or he thinks he does. So he typed in engineer, and it pulls up, you know, all the different types of engineers. There's like a million types, in case you didn't know that. There's like a, a trillion types of engineers. Pulls up all the different types of engineers, shows you what their starting salary is, and then it shows you like what the need is in our area or if there's need, higher needs in other areas of the country and where that's at and then it shows you some other random statistics whatever like how it's growing and how that field is developing blah 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 so just to give you a picture of what I'm talking about a degree in social work which if you know anything and have ever worked in the field or seen anything or heard anything I would say on average a social worker Social, the field of social work is about 90 to 95% female. When I worked at Children's Services, I mean, the men, let's say there's 300 and something employees at the most recent um, Children's Services agency that I worked at. 
I would I would wager to say I want to say even maybe less than 50 maybe less than 100 were male probably less than 50 yeah less than yeah uh, everybody I worked with was a woman and that's kind of across the board um however uh, if you think about engineering I would say I think women are becoming engineers but I would say typically 90% maybe 80 90% are going to be male okay my starting salary in my very first social work job was $29,000 a year okay pretty sure that's poverty level <laughs> I don't know um, and I mean, I, you know, I managed, I was single. I didn't have my son. I was pregnant with my son. I didn't have him at the time. So I managed like, I just, you know, it was, it was hard. I didn't have anything extra between my rent and my car payment and gas. I had nothing extra to the point of like, I think I've told this story, but there was one time that I packed my lunch and I sat it on the top of my car and then I drove off and it flew off in the parking lot and I got to work and realized I didn't have my lunch and it was kind of an ordeal because you're, when you're pregnant, you know, you need to eat or you'll be sick and you know, your baby blah. And I lost my, I, I've panicked because I had no money, zero to get anything to eat. And I also had zero to buy extra food to, to, uh, compensate for that lost lunch <laughs> for the upcoming days. And so I remember I called a neighbor and I was like, listen, buddy, can you go out in the parking lot and see if you can find my lunch and put it in your refrigerator? And he found it and he put it in his refrigerator and I was grateful. But I mean, that's the kind of money situation that I was in. It was nothing. I didn't have anything. And so that was coming out with a four-year degree as a social worker back in 2000. When was my son born? 2006. So 13 years ago, when we're sitting with this college advisor with my son and he's getting ready to start his first class and he pulls up the engineering, uh, field and looks at starting salaries, one of the starting salaries, and this was pretty consistent around this range. One of the starting salaries for, I think a petroleum engineer, I don't know what that is, but just to, just to tell you the name. 98,000 a year. <laughs> Again, with a four-year degree, some of the job positions, you didn't even have to have a four-year degree. You could have an associate's or a, like a, a license or a certificate. They still ran between 70 and 90,000 a year. So that was a little disturbing. I was like, dang, Dang, my four-year degree only got me 30 grand a year. This four-year degree gets you almost 100 grand a year? What was I doing wrong? Obviously, I couldn't do math, so it's not like I could do engineering. But, so that happened. And then, <clears throat> I think I've said this before, I'm always looking for another job. I'm always looking for a better opportunity. I'm always trying out. I'm, I'm literally apply for another job almost every week. Not because I'm unhappy where I'm at or because I am like Jones in to leave or I'm, a, I'm always afraid I'm about to be fired. That's just anxiety talking, but mostly because I just want to keep my name out there and keep up to date and keep aware of what opportunities there are. Like I picked up this hospice job 
uh, part-time mostly to get experience and eventually I'll probably drop it after I have a couple years of it to put on my resume and pick up some other random part-time job just to just a real resume builder but um so within about a week span I got contacted by two different companies and requested for the you know was well, actually I had three total interviews in about a two-week period Two of them were over the phone. One of them was in person. And uh, for these jobs that I had applied for. <clears throat> Both, all three of them, I declined. The two on the phone, I actually cut the interview and said, you know what, I don't, I don't see any reason to continue this. I'm not, I'm not going to accept the position because I know that the pay is not anywhere close to where I'm at. I have fallen into a job, literally fell into it. And I'm not going to talk numbers here. That's my business. Okay. But I've fallen into a job to where the pay is good and it helps me to sustain a lifestyle for my kids that I want to be able to sustain. It helps me to sustain a five bedroom house as a single woman with no other income source, um, other than the occasional and very random and sporadic child support payment. Uh, and so I'm obviously going to be very picky before I ever decide to leave this job because I know that once I leave, there's no coming back. Like someone will come in and snatch up this job quick because the pay is kind of outrageous. I remember when I went to the interview, I didn't even know what the pay was. And I remember telling my mom, uh, you know, if they pay me this much a visit that'd be awesome that'd be so good I could make it like that'd be great money turns out I go to the interview they pay twice as much as what I thought was an awesome amount <laughs> per visit so I'm so I'm, I'm I, it's a good job it's a really good job is what I'm getting at and so when I interviewed with these three other positions in the field of social work, in primarily female, you know, heavy fields, not heavy females, but you know what I mean, a lot of females, um, those three jobs, the average pay between the three of them was twenty to $30,000 less a year than what I'm making right now. Here's what I'm getting at. What I'm finding is that these fields that are female, you know, primarily female, are paying so much less. And I believe the reason is because the assumption is that, oh, it's okay. It's okay. You're a woman. You have a man at home who has a job. And so it really doesn't matter what you make. Anything is better than nothing, right? That's the impression that I get. I even had uh, one of the employers who I thought the pay was okay, and then it turns out it wasn't, but that's a whole other story. Uh, they didn't offer insurance. And so I said that I had to decline that position because obviously I carry insurance on, I carry insurance on my older two. My younger two uh, have my insurance, but they also have Medicaid because <clears throat> they're adopted and they get Medicaid for life or I guess until they're 18 I don't know um, but I said I can't 
I can't not only take a little bit of a pay cut, but also come up with an additional 10 grand a year to pay for insurance. And they said, well, you know, most, all of our other employees um, have spouses that have insurance. And so we haven't felt inclined to add insurance. It was like a small private, you know, company. We haven't felt inclined to add insurance you know, because it's expensive for a a small privately owned company. I get it. Like I understand that I'm not dogging this company. They're a really, really a great, a great business, a great company. They do a great service, but here's the thing as a single woman with responsibility of, of providing for four children, I have been super, super frustrated with the, the fact that there are not very many jobs. I, actually, I think that mine may be one of the only ones. <laughs> there are not very many jobs that you can work in this field to where you can actually support a family on your own. And how unfortunate is that? Now, if I was an engineer and I was a single man, I could no problem get a job. If I was if I was a single man and I wasn't an engineer and I just wanted to work in a factory, I could probably get a job making at or maybe even more than what I'm making in a professional field with a degree. Just kind of sucks, doesn't it? Girls, they might hear me. <laughs> just kind of sucks. You know, I, I hate it. I hate it for my daughters. I hate it that I feel like when I'm talking to them, I'm obviously my daughters are seven and two. So it's not like we're having big career choice, career discussions, but you know, I hate it because my seven year old does consistently say that she wants to be a social worker and I think she would be amazing at it. I don't know that she will be, but I think she would be amazing at it. Anyway, I had to work a little bit, but what I was saying was I hate the idea of when it gets to the point of really reviewing careers and ideas and options for my daughters for for college or trade or whatever they choose to do that those conversations are maybe going to be driven by you know and, and overshadowed by the uh, conversation about finances because what I don't want to do is have my daughters And I think this is just reality is that girls are going to be put in a position of having to really, really take into consideration a career choice based on if they're going to have a second salary in their home or not. And I don't want my girls to not choose a a field of study or a career that because it happens to be uh, heavier in the female, you know, there's... 90% female, the pay is lower, and and then they don't choose that career because they they are worried about not being able to support themselves. Or, on the flip side of that, I don't want them to choose that career and then feel pressured or feel overwhelmed like they have to find someone to marry so that they can actually... take care of themselves and have a second income in their home. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hate that what I've come across, like I said, is that I hate that. I hate the idea. I can just see my daughters, you know, 21 years old, getting out of school with a degree in social work and 
literally an entry-level social work position does not pay enough for a single person to be able to live. It's awful. I don't understand how there isn't more equal pay. Now, I'm not expecting to make what an engineer makes. Let me just be clear 100%. I am never expecting to make what an engineer makes because it's not, like I said, it's not the same work. I would not expect for the work that I'm doing to be in any way comparable to the work that an engineer does when it comes to technical skill and math and blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. I have skills. Social workers have skills that an engineer could not do, mostly being able to talk to people. I'm just kidding. (laughs) My son, bless his heart, he says he wants to be an engineer, but he is very social. I don't know if it's going to pan out for him. He's a rare, he's a rare unicorn when it comes to that. Um, You know, so I'm not asking, I'm not saying that that women in the field of social work or in the field of nursing or in the field of uh, education, you know, that those fields that are primarily female, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they should be paid the same as Uh, you know, someone in the field of engineering. What I'm saying is we got to bridge the gap a little bit, man. And here's where I, here's where I say I'm not a feminist because I'm not taking that on. I'm not going to Congress. I'm not picketing. I'm not signing any petitions. I'm not taking that on. The place that I'm taking that on is in my home. And so when my daughter tells me that she wants to to be a social worker, I will encourage that and I will, um, I will push her to that point. But here's what I will tell her is that she needs to come out of school debt free. She needs to come out of school without a car payment, without any student loans. She needs to come out of school and understand that with her bachelor's degree, the chances of her making a livable salary are are pretty slim and so she needs to understand that taking on a lot of student loans for a degree that really is not going to pay enough to sustain the payments on those student loans is just not a not a not a wise choice she needs to understand that it would be beneficial for her not even to stop going to school and to carry right on and get her master's. And even past that, I had, when I did my master's, I had a, uh, quite a few professors who approached me about continuing on to do a PhD because I think because I can write, I can write pretty good and I do research. I like research. And so I do okay job at it. But I was like, what's that going to get me? (laughs) You know, what's it going to get me? And what it comes down to is it doesn't necessarily get you anything, but when you're in the zone of going to school, what I would encourage my daughters is to carry on with that for as long as possible, to ride that train to the very end and do every bit of education that you can do. Because even if you come out of school and the job that you're looking at does not require a PhD, fine. But at some point, you're going to come across a job that does ask for a PhD and you're going to want to be in that exclusive pool of people that are going to be eligible for that job because those are the jobs that are going to pay more and that are going to help you to be able to sustain, you know, your life and basically putting food in front of your face. Um, I've always told my kids and I think my, I think my son, you know, who actually is thinking about careers and things like that, I've always told them that their only drive 
for having a career that makes more money or for wanting to make more money or for wanting to have money at all, their only drive should be so that they can be more generous. Um, and that's, that's been my motivation. That's been one of the main reasons that I stayed in the job that I'm at because I'm in a position where not only can I take more kids into my home and I can foster and I can have, you know, I can support my family with my single income, but I also can, like, if I have a friend who has a need or I have a friend who one of my foster mom friends who has a new kid, I can run out and I can spend money on clothes or I can spend money on a new dresser or I can... I can be generous and that's that's the position that I want to be in and I've told my kids that that should be their motivation not to have more things I've taught my kids as you can ask them I say this to them all the time live like you're poor so you can be rich so you can give more it's, it's catchy right <laughs> it's catchy live like you're poor so you can be rich so you can give more that's the that's the key that's the key that's why I tell my kids all the all the all the time live like you have nothing so you can have everything and be able to give everything away that's it you know and if so if my son wants to be an engineer and he got excited about $98,000 a year you know what he got excited about about being able to give me money yeah boy that's my money ticket right there that's my meal train (laughs) I tell people all the time don't mess around with him. Don't be wrestling with him. That's my retirement plan. No, I mean, he. what he was saying was he wants to be able to give back. He knows that I'm going to continue to foster until I can't. And so he wants to be able to give back. He wants to be able to, you know, give to his church, give to people in need. And and so he already kind of has that mentality, which I, I love. I mean, he likes money. He likes to be able to spend it here and there. But I, I haven't, I don't want them to go into a career and have to worry about, making money and so I don't want my girls like I was saying I don't want them to choose a career based on how much the yearly salary is I want them to choose a career based on what they feel like God has led them to and where their skills are and what their desires are and I also I I want them but I do want them to know and be realistic that some of those careers may not pay enough to be able to take care of your family I don't ever want I want my daughters to have jobs that they can support themselves because the reality is a man will walk away a, a, a man will leave people die you know I, I don't want my daughters to be set up in, in a career to where they can't take care of themselves I think that it's really really important for us to teach our daughters and to encourage them to pursue careers to pursue opportunities to where they can stand alone and pay their own bills and take care of themselves or take care of their children if they had to if they as if they need to as if they had to and if if God brings a man into my daughter's lives I'll kill him first I'm just gonna if God brings a daughter a man into my daughter's lives and happy he happens to have a good job and he happens to have a good salary that's a bonus great great but it's not gonna be it's not going to be something that they're desperate for. It's not going to be something that they're looking for because they need to be able to pay their bills. And so they need a second income. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm being a, I'm handling it. I'm handling my business at home. I'm not going to be, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not going to be signing any petitions anytime soon, but 
I've just been confronted with this reality of this is just what it is. This is just what our economy is like in our country. And it's unfortunate, but it's also just what it is. So the other thing that I noticed um, in shopping for school that I want to just briefly mention is I was on a couple of different retailers, um, you know, websites or apps or whatever they have for my daughter. And I'm looking for t-shirts. She likes to wear, you know, she's a t-shirt and t-shirt and jeans kind of gal. Sometimes every once in a while she likes to wear a dress or a romper or something. But for the most part, t-shirt, jeans, t-shirt, shorts, whatever. And what I'm realizing is that these retailers are awful when it comes to, how do I say it? just perpetuating and encouraging and and just like driving these stereotypes about girls and about boys okay I'm gonna throw them under the bus because that's where they deserve to be children's place if you don't believe me pull up the children's place website take about 10 minutes look at all of the girls t-shirts and then look at all of the boys t-shirts Every single girl's t-shirt was about unicorns and shopping and glitter and kitty cats and, uh, and what else? Uh, I don't even know. It was like, come on, seriously, is there not a single shirt that a girl can buy that doesn't say something about I'm a unicorn or have a unicorn on it or have glitter or pink or purple? I get it. That's what girls like. But can we give them some other options? Can we? Like, that's why I kind of like Old Navy sometimes. Because sometimes they will have other options for the girls' t-shirts especially. So then I'm I'm on this... The reason I'm on Children's Place is because they were running a good deal. And so I'm trying to find some sales, you know? And so... I'm like, you know what? Let me look at the boys' t-shirts. Because maybe they've got some decent ones that say something other than... uh, sparkle and lattes like all this just basic stuff that's so boring when it comes to what girls really are about i can't stand it so i go to the boys side guess what they're doing the same thing to the boys i know i'm trying to talk about girls power and everything but i'm going to give the boys some credit here because these these stores are doing the same thing to the boys every single t-shirt is about video games sports I don't like to do homework. Leave me alone, Mom. I'm playing video games. Uh, Don't mess with me. I've got video games to play. Like, come on. You know, and again, I know that there's boys that would look at all those and be like, that's what I love. That's what I like. That's how my boys are. But why why do these retailers have to drive in these stereotypes so hard with their clothing? I don't like that. And I refuse to shop or buy things at places like that or buy those clothes because I'm not going to box my daughter into into putting her in clothes that uh, only (laughs) make it out to where the only thing that she's got to offer is glitter and sparkles and baby kittens no like I want her to wear a shirt that says uh, like I don't really want her to wear a shirt that says anything I don't like shirts with words (laughs) on them my son, this is how bad it is. 
hurts is how much I don't like shirts with words on them. And so I have conditioned my children to also not like them. My son's t-shirt collection is literally probably 20 t-shirts that are plain, plain colors. Mostly white, mostly black, mostly gray. (laughs) Who's that sound like? Hmm. I don't like shirts with words on them, but if I'm going to have or wear a shirt with any kind of a word or graphic on it, won't you make a shirt that has like a picture, like my son, you know, he's got probably four shirts that have the NASA symbol on them. Won't you make a shirt that has a NASA and, and talks about girls being scientists and being strong and being, uh, you know, and I know they do make shirts that say girl power. I'm talking specifically about children's place. I'm just calling them out. <coughs> Anyway, am I going to write a letter to Children's Place? Am I going to call corporate? Am I going to say anything? No, uh, I'm not doing any of that. I don't have time for it. What I do have time for is to not buy their clothes, one. And number two, not give them my business. And number two, make sure that the clothes that I do buy for my daughter speak a lot of power and a lot of confidence to her when she wears them. And so if she... If she wants to wear, like right now, I'm not going to lie to you. We went, we did our shopping on Old Navy on the app because I had a deal and I had a coupon, whatever. And, uh, she picked out, I can't even make this up. She picked out a a t-shirt. It has a, a rainbow slide. Just, just picture this. A rainbow slide with a unicorn sliding down that slide holding a piece of pizza oh if if there was a if there was a a t-shirt who could encapsulate my daughter's personality this was the one and when she saw that she got so excited she had to have it yeah so yeah am I gonna let her wear dumb things like that (laughs) yeah because she is goofy and glittery and baby kittens and she loves that kind of stuff but I also don't want her to think that that's all that she is I want her to know that she's strong and capable. And if she wants to get into school and and go to be an engineer and come out making a hundred grand a year, she can do that. If she wants to go to school and be a politician and and be in Congress or, you know, be an attorney or, or whatever she wants to do, she can do it. She doesn't have to fall into a career that's primarily female and, and make a lower wage than her male counterparts. She can pursue whatever career she wants to and make whatever amount of money she wants to. And if she chooses a career that makes nothing, fine. But let's look at what our options are to set yourself up to be capable and to be able to financially support yourself in that career. That's it. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm talking about. Like I said, kind of came to my attention a little bit heavier over this past couple of weeks because I honestly was like shocked when I heard the salary ranges for these jobs that I'd interviewed for. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that there are still employers that are paying people this. I could honestly, I should add it up. I could probably work at McDonald's. I think McDonald's now is paying $15 an hour. I could probably work at McDonald's and make more than I would at some of these social work jobs. And they require a degree and a state license. Are you kidding me? That's a test got to take a test to do these jobs and you're not going to pay me any more than what I can make at McDonald's? What the crap? No. No. 
uh, this is a true story. When I moved to Atlanta, when I left my first husband, I got a job immediately as a nanny. I brought home more a month as a full-time nanny, which, full disclosure, the kids were school-aged. They went to school all day. Only thing I did was watch them in the afternoon and cook them dinner. They went to camps and stuff. I cleaned their house, did their laundry. It was crazy. I couldn't believe how much these people paid me. But it was normal. In big cities, normal. If you're a girl and you want to get a decent job making decent money and you live in a big city, be a nanny. I'm telling you what, they'll pay you an outrageous amount of money. Anyway, my take home from that job a month was more than what my take home was from my professional social work job that I got with a degree and a license in Atlanta. Can you believe that? It's crazy. So yeah, I mean, if you have daughters, just, just a heads up. This is what you're, this is what they've got to, this is what they've got to deal with. And I think sometimes, and maybe I don't, maybe I'm like more, uh, in tune to this because I don't have a husband and I don't have a second salary. So I, I know like what the cost of our things. I think sometimes when we have a husband or maybe they're handling the finances, we don't think about how much things cost and we don't think about how expensive things are. It's only going to get worse. I, I think about it a lot because I'm the one paying all my bills. And so when I, so I'm really like super in tune to the idea of my daughters growing up and I don't think about them having husbands. I think about them, like I said, being able to support themselves on their own. And so if you have a husband and you have a second income and maybe it's not something you've really thought about a lot, that's where I'm coming from. Just wanted to give you a heads up. That's what our, that's what our daughters have, have to deal with. Don't shop at children's place either. Those idiots. Who's their design people? Get it together. Start putting out some better clothes for girls. I'm tired of it. Anyway, that was a little hateful. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm over an hour for the first time in a long time. That's what happens when I don't record in forever, I guess. I got a lot to talk about. So, if you have any questions, give me a call or give me an email or shoot me a text or a DM anytime. I'm at its.me.sam at gmail.com. Or at the same handle on Instagram. And I will talk to you there. If you have any opinions or any thoughts, I'd love to hear them anytime. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, I'd love to talk to you. Come on. All right. I will uh, catch up with you the next time. Thanks. Bye.